0: Welcome to State of the State, the monthly roundup of policy and research for the state of Michigan brought to you by the Institute of Public Policy and Social Research at Michigan State University and our friends here at WKAR Studios. I'm Arnold Weinfeld, Associate Director for the Institute and as usual I'm joined by Institute Director Dr. Matt Grossman and MSU Economist Dr. Charlie Ballard. Well gentlemen it's just the three of us today and I think that uh, we have uh, plenty to talk about in the 30 minutes that we have to to do this. Um, And I think uh, we would be remiss if we didn't start with the most recent events of the week, uh, that being the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine, and to talk a bit about how that might impact uh, world economy, uh, national economy, state economy, and the politics behind it too. Um, uh, The politics being for me that uh, Mr. Putin might have uh, done a favor for the United States presence in the world, and maybe even for uh, the Democrats coming up in the midterm elections. And Matt, I'd like you to think about that a little bit. Uh, But Charlie, why don't we start with you and uh, the impact on the economy of uh, this current situation?
1: I think there's going to be there's already been an effect, and I think it will go on. We for how much and how big and how long we don't know because we don't know how the the war is going to um, play out exactly. But a couple of things to mention: one, Russia is a major exporter exporter of oil and natural gas, uh, and even if those exports don't get physically disrupted. The uncertainty that goes with it has pushed up the, price, the world price of oil, um, and that, mean, that will eventually be reflected at the gas pump, um, where we can expect higher prices for gasoline for American um, motorists. Uh, President Biden said that he would try to do things to offset that, and he may succeed partly, but I think uh, most likely we'll see somewhat higher prices for gasoline. The other thing is that Russia is, and Ukraine are both major producers of wheat and um, to a lesser extent corn. And those are also traded on world markets. And, and so we probably will have some upward pressure on prices of uh, wheat and corn. And that will uh, have some, some upward uh, effect on the prices that you see in the grocery store. I don't think that'll be enormous. Um, It's not like uh, anybody expects that the rate of inflation will will soar again, but it probably will tick up at least for the the next few months.
0: You know, it's interesting you talk about uh, the Russian economy, because aside from the products you just mentioned, the Russian economy pales in comparison to the United States and China and uh,
1: has for a long, long time. Uh, And and Germany and and the the rest of the European Union. The Russian economy is, if they didn't have oil, uh, they would be a really poor country. As it is, they're a kind of a lower middle income country, but they're a lower middle income country with um, global ambitions and a nuclear arsenal. Well said, thanks.
0: Matt, let's turn to politics of this now. Um, The last time... We had such a uh, fire in Europe, there was a Democratic president Uh, that would have been Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And now, again, uh, Europe has caught fire and we have a Democratic president again in, in Joe Biden. What do you see as the politics of this, especially this being the year of the midterm elections? Can this be helpful to Democrats?
2: Well, uh, it is the year, but it's still a long way uh, away uh, to the midterm election. So, of course, it depends on uh, how long it lasts, uh, how long it uh, stays in the news uh, and what the perceptions uh, of it are during and and afterward. Uh, There is a weird situation here where uh, President, uh, previous President Trump uh, is out there uh, uh, saying uh, that Putin is, is impressive and uh, there's American weakness. Um, I can tell you that if uh, Barack Obama was out there doing that, the uh, Republican scolding uh, of that would be pretty uh, enormous uh, and central to their messaging. Um, but it's not something Democrats have traditionally uh, uh, done, um, equated uh, their uh, enemy, their partisan uh, enemies with their international Uh, enemies, or at least not done very successfully uh, in recent years. Uh, So I don't know that we'll have a uh, immediate uh, partisan uh, impact. uh, And certainly, uh, inflation and domestic economic uh, problems, especially rising gas prices, would all be expected to make a pretty negative dent in uh, President Biden.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, you talk about uh, former President Trump, Um, I had a friend send me a video of a candidate for uh, office. I believe it was in Delaware. Uh, I believe it was for U.S. Senate commenting, Republican candidate commenting how she was impressed with uh, uh, President Putin um, and that her values actually aligned more with his Christian values as compared with uh, President Biden. And I don't wonder if we're going to have some again, history has a way of repeating itself. And we know that before America's entry into World War II, uh, there was a big isolationist movement uh, in this country. Um, Are we seeing some signs of that right now?
2: Well, people have a remarkable ability to make things that seem inconsistent to others, uh, consistent uh, to themselves. Um, And so I, I don't think you usually get very far by sort of pointing out uh, uh, hypocrisies, Uh, and and it's been especially true under uh, recent Republican presidents. We had uh, President Bush and President Trump pursue near opposite uh, foreign policies, at least in um, how they describe them. And yet uh, they both fit under this more general kind of uh, pro-American bellicosity, we're the best in the world. So if you can keep things at a sort of a broad level, you can fit a lot of different uh, policy approaches there. And the easiest way to do that is to just be sort of against whatever uh, the current uh, president is doing uh, as a uh, measure of incompetence. So as long as you can just say, well, I would have done better, uh, it would never would have happened under me. It's because Biden is weak. You can unite uh, some very different foreign policy uh, perspectives that are both in the Republican tent, people who really want to stay out of the world and people who think uh, America should be leading the world uh, and, and, and no one should be able to, to do anything without our permission. Uh, both of those perspectives, although near opposite, can co-occur under this broader kind of anti-Biden uh, umbrella.
0: Yeah, well, my take on this right now at the uh, beginning is that, A, this is bad for business. Number one, the business of running the world, the world economy and economies in general. And Mr. Putin might have done us a favor if he had uh, let things go through the midterms in the 2024 election. Uh, American politics might and and might have been uh, a bigger mess than uh, what generally happens when this kind of situation arises that, brings the country together. So it, it'll be interesting. But, but you mentioned the comments of President, for, former President Trump. And I, I did hear, I did hear a quote from Tucker Carlson, of course, uh, who has always has a lot to say, uh, that uh, Mr. Biden, that President Biden should uh, not worry so much about Mr. Trump, but uh, worry more about the American economy and the problems at home. And Charlie, certainly uh, the news over, uh, a few weeks ago, about the inflation rate uh, is troubling, gas prices. I pumped at 350 a gallon last night. Um, food prices seem to be increasing as well. As you noted, that might be exacerbated. Uh, what, uh, what's going on? I mean, you, you, know, you, you commented on this show over the course of the last year that uh, you, know, you didn't think it would be uh, as, as big a spike maybe as, as it's been. What, what do you think is going on and what do you see in your crystal ball?
1: Well, obviously, my crystal ball is is sometimes somewhat cloudy, because I I really did think, as as I think most economists, I I didn't expect this inflationary episode to have as strong a set of legs as it has. And I think the big reason why it has had uh, such strength is is that um, we are continuing to see disruptions to the global supply chain. Uh, as a result of the COVID virus, and that, um, that will only be exacerbated by the, the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine, as I said. Um, it, there are two things that can push prices up. One is strong demand, and the other is uh, strangled supply. And we, um, for, for a long time, um, we econ- economists, myself included, were surprised that we didn't have more inflation back 10, 20, 30 years ago, because we were pumping out, we were printing dollars and we were running big deficits. So we were pumping up the demand in the economy, but the supply somehow kept up. And in this episode, we're really pumping up the demand with um, uh, very uh, lots of tax cuts, lots of um, um, checks to, from the government to individuals. Uh, stimulus checks and enhanced unemployment insurance and all that. So people have a lot of money that they want to spend. And yet some of the things that they want to spend on are uh, uh, not available or you have to wait or, and that's a formula for higher prices. Um, Where it'll go in the future. Uh, Hard to say. Uh, Of course, there is a big player in this. And that is the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve under Chairman Jay Powell have um, they have given lots of signals that they're going to tighten up on credit. Uh, it's a very delicate balancing act that they face, because if they do it enough, we know that it can uh, wring the inflation out of the system, but we know that it can also dip the economy into recession. Um, and so um We'll see. I think the, uh, we'll be carefully watching the, what's happening in Russia and Ukraine, as well as what's happening um, in uh, in Washington D.C. with the Fed.
0: Well, uh, it's certainly an an interesting uh, mix because I was reading that you know household wealth is much stronger uh, these days, but consumer confidence is down again. And uh, especially down uh, lowest in the group of independent voters since uh, 2009. And you mentioned the product piece. And and I was reading a story the other day where seven in 10 people are unable to get a product or have uh, delays in, in getting that product. So we've got growing wealth. I think the income gap continues to grow at this point in time. But people are struggling yet with basic needs. seems.
1: Yeah, well, and and some of these imbalances are a surprise due to COVID, but some of them have been a long time in coming. And the one that I have pointed out before and want to keep pointing out, because I don't think it has gotten nearly as much attention, is the the number of people who have retired. Um, we had in the late 20th century, decade after decade, we had a surge in the percentage of our population who were working largely because of women entering the labor force. For the last 20 years or so, that has reversed largely because the baby boom generation has hit their retirement years. And then that has been exacerbated by uh, people retiring because they, they were fed up with COVID. And so if you compare... If if we had the same labor force participation that we hit rate that we had 20 years ago, we would have about 8 million people in America more workers than we currently have, and a lot of the workers who have exited the labor force are the most skilled. You know, they're they're at the end of their career; they've had the lot most experience, um, and so we have labor shortages all over the place, and uh, that that contributes to, um, these supply disruptions and it contributes to higher prices. So Matt, let's get to the politics of the, of the inflation
0: story. Um, I noted Tucker Carlson's comment, you know, and there are still many people that, uh, are, are, are struggling out there. What's the, uh, what's the play on the inflation in terms of the politics?
2: Well, uh, voters uh, notice uh, inflation uh, and they react negatively to it, uh, even under circumstances where uh, economists might prefer the mix of income and inflation uh, to another uh, type. Uh, Voters don't like it, and that's especially true of gas prices. Uh, So uh, even though we might think those are the most uh, temporary, or we sometimes take out food and energy from the inflation rate, Uh, for a more steady measure. Voters notice those gas prices. It's an extremely visible uh, price and it has been historically quite associated with uh, declining uh, approval rates uh, for the president uh, and negative uh, electoral outcomes for the president's party. Uh, So uh, it is uh, definitely uh, a a negative sign. uh, And uh, we uh, have uh, people uh, continuing to expect uh, inflation. So it's not just that people are noticing inflation, but in our latest survey, Uh, 70 percent expect the rate of inflation uh, to go up over the next year and only 11 percent expect it to go down now it would be very surprising if the rate of inflation continues to go up uh, from from seven percent but uh, that is that is what uh, consumers are in the mood uh, for so uh, if it gets to a point uh, where people continue to expect it to go up uh, and uh, react against it that would be bad uh, for the president's party.
1: One thing to note about those uh, yeah. survey numbers, I think it's always been true. If you ask people, "Will the rate of inflation go up, or stay the same, or go down?", a lot of people, what they think they are answering is the question of, "Do you think prices will go up?", uh, the rate of the rate of inflation is the rate of change of prices. I, I, I and I don't know whether I expect, I think that the ratio of rate of inflation may go up a little bit in the short term. I don't expect accelerating inflation like we had in the 1970s.
2: That's that's true. I just want to give us the give the historical data, though, because we have asked this repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, and in the past, it was 48 uh, percent uh, in 2020 thought it would go up and 12 percent thought it would go down. So that was before the inflation spike. So, yes, people are still expecting that. But it's gone from 48 to 70, thinking it will uh, go go right. up. So that's a pretty significant move.
0: And as we know, when this game perception is, of course, everything. And Matt, uh, part of the re- reason that folks are, are saying the inflation rate is so high is because of government spending. Charlie noted all of the <clears throat> the funds that have been distributed and the president's Build Back Better plan is still sitting around uh, waiting for a vote. We already have infrastructure funds that are coming. Any, any clues from our uh, survey work as to how the public or even policy insiders feel about uh, the Build Back Better plan?
2: Well, we did an interesting experiment. We asked uh, people about the Build Back Better plan in four different ways, and we got four different answers. Uh, and uh, the, first of all, I will say the infrastructure bill is more popular. So the infrastructure bill uh, was like 55 or 56 to 29 uh, support, and that was more popular than any of the ways that we asked about the, the Build Back Better plan. But just to give you a sense, uh, we asked uh, whether they were in favor of a bill to spend money on and named all of the major components of Build Back Better, uh, and that was uh, supported uh, 52 to 31. Then we asked whether people supported President Biden's Build Back Better plan, and it was opposed 37 to 40. So the same policy, but uh, priming people to think about Biden and the name Build Back Better uh, was negative. We then asked people a bunch of individual provisions and whether they supported each individual provision, and nearly every individual provision had more support than the package as a whole. We then asked people again after we had told asked them about all these individual provisions. Okay, now that you've heard about these provisions, do you support Biden's Build Back Better plan and even Queuing it with Biden, it then uh, jumped to majority support uh, uh, compared uh, to uh, uh, what it had been before we named those provisions. So it's a long-term story that people uh, generally favor liberal policies, but don't necessarily favor a liberal policy direction. So when asked in broad terms, they give more conservative answers. It is also true that when you associate things with the president, uh It becomes more associated with their overall approval rating. So, if you asked about Obama's plan or Trump's plan, it's going to make it more correlated with uh, the approval rating. And both of those things were true here. So, we have the long term problem that Democrats have. They have a bunch of popular policies, but no popular message to sell them all. And we have the shorter term problem that Democrats have, which is that even if people are for something, they're not for Biden doing it right now.
0: Reminds me of the. Uh... Obamacare and Affordable Health Care Act, you know, those when you ask the questions if people were uh, opposed to Obamacare, oh yes, don't like Obamacare. Do you like these benefits associated with the Affordable Care Act? Oh yes, love those benefits, thank you very much. So it seems like we're kind of running into the same thing. And of course, one of the uh, ways that some policymakers uh, want to address all this government spending is through tax cuts, which actually is another form of government spending that people don't talk about, but cutting taxes is indeed government spending. Um, and here in Michigan, uh, we've got a number of proposals floating around. Uh, our Senate, State Senate and State House are uh, are passing uh, both across-the-board tax cuts that include some tax relief uh, for retirees as well. Um, but we've certainly got on the table the across-the-board tax cuts, the uh, um, retirement tax cut, and uh, increasing the earned income tax credit. Uh, Charlie, Matt, let's go. Your thoughts behind uh, these kinds of plans?
1: Three. Uh, you, you mentioned three categories of uh, tax cuts, and um, two of them um, fall into uh, kind of a there's, a, there's a partisan divide that we've seen again and again and again. Um, the Republicans are much stronger on cuts for individual taxes and business taxes. Um, and that's consistent with uh, you know, mo- the benefits of that. Most of the benefits of that will go to relatively affluent people. Um, the Democrats are the ones who are pushing the uh, in- increase in the earned income tax credit which goes to low and middle income and lower middle income uh, working families. Uh, so a, a lot of it is just, how do you feel about the distribution of income? Republicans tend to be more comfortable with things that would help the wealthy. Democrats tend to be more comfortable with things that would help the poor and the lower middle. But the, the other one that you mentioned, the uh, uh, cutting the taxes on retirees, that's one that, that goes kind of against that grain that I just mentioned because Governor Whitmer is mentioning that the, the, the benefits of that will go overwhelmingly to affluent people. Um, the, the, the poor elderly do not have pensions uh, on which we could cut their taxes. So it's mostly the affluent elderly. And we went um, before the changes uh, 11 years ago we had a system where 95% of Michigan seniors paid no income tax at all. And you could have an income, if you were a senior citizen, you could have an income of well over $100,000 and pay no income tax. Whereas a, a working person with the same uh, income would pay substantial income tax. So there's a, we, we, uh, there is this divide in terms of how you feel about the income distribution. But another divide that we've seen again and again in American politics is we are much more sympathetic toward elderly people, regardless of whether they, they are poor, uh, than toward uh, people of working age.
0: And Matt, uh, again, what's the politics of all this? The state has, uh, is sitting on billions of dollars outside of the federal American uh, Rescue Plan Act funds that can't be spent on. Uh, tax cuts, but we have a state surplus sitting in front of us. And, you know, as Charlie noted, the governor has proposed a repeal of the so-called pension tax um, and Republicans are proposing across the board tax cuts. What are the politics of all this, especially in a year here, even though, yes, it's just started in a year where uh, every state policymaker in Michigan is up for election?
2: that's right everyone hates politicians but it's actually a great time to be a politician you got a lot of money to give away Um, (laughs) you can spend more uh, and tax less uh, and they're trying to do uh, both now now they're accusing their opponents of being irresponsible because they're uh, touting permanent uh, tax uh, cuts that would uh, cause uh, permanent damage later on in the future Of course, they're both also proposing such tax cuts that would cause permanent damage uh, in in the future to the state budget. Now, each side does have a real temporary uh, policy. Uh, Governor Whitmer has proposed uh, putting more money into the Rainy Day Fund, and the Republicans have proposed uh, paying off more pension obligations uh, uh, temporarily. So both of those things are uh, sort of appropriate short-term uses of, of funds but it sure seems like we're going to get into uh, another situation where uh, when times are good in terms of the state uh, budget numbers we decide that we can make permanent changes uh, that the, we then regret a few years later when we realize that uh, actually uh, this doesn't mean that uh, good times are, are here for good. Uh, it just means that tax revenue was coming in uh, above uh, the level that year, uh, but next year uh, it, it might not. But in the uh, short term, and of course in an election year, politicians do tend to think in the short term, uh, none of that is uh, under primary concern.
0: Well, and of course, we layer uh, on top of that term limits and the decisions that are made by many of the politicians, many of our state lawmakers uh, in the coming months. They won't be around as state lawmakers. I may have to live with them as citizens of the state residents of the state of Michigan, but uh, their decisions, uh, they, they won't necessarily be held accountable for the votes that they take. Uh, well, it, it, it
2: somewhat actually cuts the other way. That is, the closer we get to someone under an election, the more likely they are to vote with short-term public opinion, and that also means the more likely they are to make irresponsible financial uh, decisions on behalf of the state. So if fewer people are up for re-election, that actually might mean that we have a few elder statesmen who are concerned about uh, the, the future uh, or stateswomen, but uh, I, I wouldn't hold my breath.
0: Yeah, I'm not so sure. I think as we approach our December program, uh, legislative leadership program, and we look at the number of, of open seats in both the House and, and the Senate, this is going to be one of those larger turnover years. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that plays in. And of course, you mentioned uh, history repeating itself again, right? I mean, there's lots of money around and and people are are apt to make Short-term, short-term decisions, political decisions that will impact long-term policy and the state of the state uh, moving forward. You talked about our survey uh, that we've had out there. Uh, What else of interest uh, did you find in in the in the results?
2: Well, Michiganders are extremely sour uh, right now, uh, especially on uh, the economy. Uh, 36% say they're uh, worse off than they were a year ago, only 16% say they are better. Uh, They expect to be worse off in the future. They expect the financial situation in their community to be worse off by uh, a rate of 34% to 19%. We already talked about they expect inflation to increase. Uh, They expect unemployment to increase. They are uh, actually rating um, uh, President Biden lower than they rated President Trump overall uh, uh, in our previous surveys. But After all that gloom and doom, uh, Governor Whitmer is still holding up fairly well. Her approval actually has not declined all that much. Uh, We have her uh, in the horse race uh, against uh, Craig, one possible candidate at uh, 53 uh, to 46. Uh, So still holding up. We have the Democrats um, uh, with more support on what we call the generic ballot, where we just ask people who you're going to vote, which party you're going to vote for. Uh, for Congress. Uh, so despite all the gloom, it hasn't yet uh, uh, glommed on to Whitmer and the state Democrats. But if history is a guide, we would expect more of that as we get closer to Election Day, a closer match between how people are feeling about the president and how they're feeling about the governor and uh, the state parties.
0: And just for clarity's sake, uh, Matt, when was this? When, when did we do this survey?
2: This was december uh, of twenty twenty one so that's our last survey
0: okay, so that's just that's that's pretty recent stuff. so yeah, a lot of gloom and doom in there from uh, they are feeling sour I guess that's it's a it's a, a good way to say it, and certainly it seems to me that as we uh, as we thought maybe we were coming out of uh, the pandemic uh, and all that that has uh, meant for Uh, people individually and uh, the world at whole. Now we have uh, a war to contend with. So I'm I'm guessing the sour outlook uh, might uh, persist. That will be interesting to track over the coming months, especially as we get uh, closer to the election. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today, gentlemen. Um, Any final thoughts moving forward?
1: Well, the days are getting longer and uh the uh, it's kind of cold out there th- this morning but uh there is reason to believe that that spring will arrive and i'm i'm looking forward to that and so i'm i'm hoping that uh um p- some people in, in michigan at least will will find a way not to be quite so gloomy and grumpy as they are right now
2: and i i just want to end on a positive note about uh, our democratic procedures because uh, people are also Uh, Sour about uh, the state of of democracy, Um, but we have made uh, some some recent improvements people are overall uh, uh, quite uh, positive about the changes made by the state's redistricting commission, uh, for example, Um, and even though uh, Republicans uh, voice a lot of problems with election administration, we actually uh, have uh, improving election administration, Uh, uh, we even have uh, shorter uh, lines Uh, And even though Democrats voice a lot of complaints about uh, voter suppression, we have actually made it easier to register to vote, easier to vote, and easier to vote early. Uh, And so uh, people should uh, feel confident about uh, their ability to vote in uh, November and about the likelihood that it will be uh, counted uh, correctly and uh, that the uh, person who gets uh, more more votes will uh, be the governor.
0: Well, thank you both, as always, uh, for your sharing your knowledge and your unique perspectives on the issues that are before us. And uh, thank you again to Russ White and staff here at WKAR for their support of this program. And that's all the time we have on this edition of State of the State. Join us again next month. Until then, be safe and be well.